Women make up nearly 50% of all gamers, yet only a small percentage of women play esports professionally. It's time to figure out how to change that. The Knights want to empower women to build their esports empire. Along with our partner PNC Bank, we are adamant about creating a more equitable future for gamers. There is no one-size-fits-all solution, so we'll be tackling the issue from all angles, featuring insights from a variety of subject matter experts and professionals. I'm Kat DeShields-Moon with the Knights. Welcome to the Women in Esports podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the season two finale of the Women in Esports podcast presented by the Pittsburgh Knights and PNC. We have had an amazing group of guests join us this season, and we've covered a lot of territory related to growing and evolving the esports and gaming scene. We've talked about managing mental health and creating more inclusive and diverse environments to behind the scenes look at some superstar women working in the esports industry. So if you missed an episode, make sure you go back and check it out. You can, you can head over to the Knights YouTube channel to do so. Today, I am so excited to join my colleagues at the Pittsburgh Knights to take a moment to reflect on what the organization has accomplished over the past year, initiatives on the horizon, and how we are going to make 2020, 2022 an epic year. Spoiler alert, 200 tournaments, no cap, for <laughs> real. We have a lot of ground to cover today, so let's jump right in with some quick introductions. Valerie is joining us remotely, and we will start with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me today. Uh, as Kat said, my name is Valerie, but I actually also go by Silver in the online world. Uh, I joined Pittsburgh Knights in May 2021 as an esports coordinator. So as esports coordinator, I get to manage and work with all of our competitive teams, content creators, and streamers. Basically, I have my hands in everything esports related to the company. Uh, but before that, my expertise was, was actually primarily in esports events. I project managed a lot of production and broadcasts for live shows and also founded my own company. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited to be digitally here with everybody today. Well, thank you so much for joining us from home, Valerie. Uh, let's go right on down the table. So hello, I'm Matt Roche uh, with the Pittsburgh Knights. I am the, as you guys know, the Director of Business Development, but um, I work with all of our partners to make sure that we're doing cool activations, new events, anything that really has any type of sponsors or brands attached to it, including this with PNC, that kind of come, comes through my wheelhouse and department. So great to be here. Oh, so excited. And I'm Angelica Sirabella. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Pittsburgh Knights. Um, I get to work with a lot of uh, great external partners and really help tell the story of the Knights. Uh, I'm James O'Connor. Uh, I am the president of the Knights, and I'm excited to help organize our team to do cool stuff. I love it. And I'm your host, Kat DeShields-Moon. Welcome all to the Women in Esports podcast. I'm excited. So let's dive right into some questions. So I have to ask just because I always learn so much doing these podcasts, and it's impossible for me to pick my favorite because I actually love them all. But is there a favorite speaker or something that resonated with y'all from season some of seasons two's content? Yeah, so I'll say for sure. Well, first, I really enjoyed the conversation about 
girl gamers. As you know, I think that that was a really important conversation to have. And in the other episode that I really liked was talking to Avrin and Dimitri. Um, it was really interesting, I think, to hear their take on being women working in the esports industry, because in some ways I definitely related. And then in other ways, I was like, wow, their experience is different than mine. And so I do think that it's like, it's important to have space for people who are having different experiences um, and to know that there's sort of a wide range of what it means to be in the esports industry. I think right. we sort of do sort of a blanket generalization a lot of times about mm -hmm. esports, but that's not always the case. Right. You know, there there are so some of the things that she was talking about. Um, well, the one thing that I really thought was interesting when she talked about the she talked about trickle up effect. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. And that's sort of like at the core of what we've talked about with with women in esports and how to get more women involved in esports at all levels. And this idea of it being a trickle up, I thought was just so well put that if girls aren't able to play when they're young, if they're mm -hmm. sort of getting pushed out when they're young, that it's harder for them to, you know, have careers either playing or careers behind the scenes or in front office of esports organizations or any place in the video game industry. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I also really feel like the esports industry is a place where women can come in and really have a huge opportunity to make a name for themselves and establish themselves as professionals, not just in the esports space, but just in general. Right. I think there's a lot of room for growth. The, the, the industry is still so new that it lets you come in and like, take on big roles. Mm -hmm. It's not like going to work in other industries where it's very specific what you have to do and there's this very clear ladder. Right. So that was something that I just thought was really interesting. No, that's that's awesome insight and I couldn't agree with you more. I do really think and believe that, you know, the you can't be what you can't see. Mm -hmm. You know, so we definitely, definitely need more representation across the board in esports. Yeah. You know, so everybody else that's watching, it's like, oh, I could do that. And yeah. it doesn't seem like some distant fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, Definitely. did there anything that resonated with you? Yeah, I think I mean all of it. The everything over the course of season two. So like where my perspective, I tried one of the things that I um committed to going into it is is to be a more informed listener with mm. just kind of because I obviously I have my perspective and you, we can do research online and everything else, but actually hearing it from like yourself and the other, honestly, leaders within the industry, both from the team side of things and, and on the game developer end and groups that are working with community aspects, um, that allows me to have some cool talking points because when we're, when we're speaking to brands and partners, one of the things that we always talk about is how can we get more support around this? Like how can right. we get more corporate funding to come in to do more women's focused tournaments or to do more content series like this or sign more, more women's teams and um, you know, there's a thousand questions that they always have. So I, I definitely was scurrying and taking notes over the course <laughs> of all the episodes to get get my talking points down and, and make sure that um, make sure that I'm, I'm able to communicate that outward. But um, it's I mean, all the topics that we covered this this season have been amazing. And I think just to tease, there's even some more cool stuff for next season that oh, we're, yeah. we're working on as well. So. <laughs> Very, very exciting. No, that's awesome. I love the concept of being an active listener, you know, because you stand to gain so much just by listening. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you, you, you're you an expert in what you do, you know your field, what you're doing. Um, but just you never know when there's going to be that nugget from somebody. It's like, oh, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Definitely. <laughs> yep. And it is helpful, too, to like 
you like you said you can research stuff online like we can read lots of statistics mm-hmm. you can like read a lot about the problems out there or you can read about you know what what possible solutions there could be but it does make a difference when you're hearing somebody's personal story when right. you're getting it specifically from like I said, like Auburn's story, I, you know, some of it, I was just like, totally. And other things, I was like, that's different than my experience. Mm-hmm. But you're getting to hear somebody's real experiences. Mm-hmm. So I think that has been incredibly valuable mm-hmm. through the series. And also looking at, like, the conversation on social media, I think, is important. Because mm-hmm. there's always the, the PR articles or the, or the press yeah. side of things. And I think that really only captures, like... You know, in a, in a lot of cases, either the very positive or very negative yeah. elements yeah. of things that are happening. In re, in reality, it's much more. There's a larger spectrum of yeah. emotions from you know from from individuals that are trying to operate in this space, specifically from the women in gaming side of things that are trying to to branch out into these areas. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it, it, there's been a couple instances where I've been, I've been able to find these very you know, niche or microcosm conversations happening on social media and just seeing like the back and forth from everyone. There's so many people that are just passionate about this topic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think that there's enough um, mediums for that conversation Mm -hmm. to take place. So um, I think from from our perspective as an organization, that listening piece is super crucial because then that's going to allow us to determine, okay, what things do we need to prioritize to invest into this space? How can we communicate that outward to partners and all of those different pieces? So um, it's it's exciting to to find those conversations happening. And, and also with like the comments that we see from the episodes that we're doing here, um, it's always great to, to kind of listen to see what, what the feedback is from the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, like listening is so important, but also taking action. from what you're gleaning from the community, what is given to you is equally important. And whoa, can we talk for a second about the new women's Rocket League team? Because I think that's amazing. I'm trash at Rocket League, but I'm very... I I like watching it. We can use the cool skins and look like we know what we're doing, but at the end of the day, it's It's night and day. Nope. So, But I'm very, very excited for this initiative. So uh, Valerie, would you mind telling us a little bit more about how this came to be? Just to clarify, I'm also really, really bad at Rocket League. Uh, But that aside, how the women's team came to be, uh, for us, it was the obvious next step. Uh, We had already been running events for women and female identifying individuals in uh, multiple esports titles, you know, with our Soccer Cup series in Valorant and uh, with our Valkyrie series in Rocket League, which we can talk more about later. Um, But at the company, we've always wanted uh, to create accessible and ex- inclusive events and also empower and foster the community. And what better way to foster the community than to you know, run events for them to play in and empower them by putting them in the spotlight as our first uh, ever Women's Rocket League team. Uh, but the reason we ended up with Rocket League, even though we had looked at other women's rosters, we looked at Valorant, we looked at Gears of War and Apex Legends. The reason we chose this specific roster in this specific game title is because Rocket League was kind of one of our longest standing competitive esports titles. And it's kind of uh, what we're most known for in some ways. So it just made sense and uh, stars aligned. One thing led to another. And now we have the most amazing women's Rocket League roster. I'd like to highlight Valerie's role in in management and support of the team. Mm-hmm. So what I set out with Garrett, uh, who manages all of our teams and recruits the talent and evaluates what games we're going to get into, 
was figuring out um, how we were also going to hire women that were going to be on the sports management side. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I thought it was important um, and something that Garrett and I discussed that we were going to invest and spend time into picking someone and we interviewed almost 200 people wow. and Valerie was the, by far the best candidate. <laughs> and she didn't have experience, she had event experience but she was tough and we thought that she would do really well and she's done exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. um, and we think very highly of her. And so we thought, how, how do we, uh, you know, work with her in understanding talent management and basically being there to support players and coach them. Mm. So what it requires, you know, us to do is support her in understanding how to deal with situations and how to support the players. And it's, uh, and I think that, one of the things if you're going to create a, a if you're going to have women on your team you're gonna need to have women that are and men who are comfortable managing the diversity of that yeah. and so that's been a dual investment and effort uh to do mm -hmm. because you know there there aren't as many women gamers which means there aren't as many women seasoned players which means that there aren't as many of them graduating or retiring or whatever or growing up to have the experience to understand what it's like to be a competitive woman in the space mm -hmm. and be really driven and their own issues that they have with men and women on teams right. and just like and and so i think that that's new and i i think valerie's done an exceptional job mm -hmm. to this point can i say something too i think that you brought up a really good point in that like you know, maybe there isn't as much of an opportunity for somebody to come from at least women in the space. There's not as much of an opportunity to come from the being a professional player. Like there's not as much transition of I was a pro. I played at this competitive level in the way that a lot of men in the space are doing, mm -hmm. which is something that we're trying to solve. Right. Mm -hmm. We're trying to figure this out. How do we get more women to go pro? But I also think it's really important to note because I think that and there's sometimes this you know, misconception that like, well, you have to have been at this high level to then transition into some other opportunity in the esports world, like front office or team management like Valerie's doing. But that's not the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we can take people who are passionate about esports, excited, who have been involved in other ways. You don't right. have to have come up from this channel of being a professional competitive player. And I think that it's important to try to cultivate people so that you can get more women into those roles. Mm -hmm. You have yeah. to be able to- There's, there's a limited pool of, of women who have that competitive who experience. Who have that competitive experience. So you yeah. don't want to limit the amount of people who can work in these positions just because they haven't had the competitive right. experience. Absolutely. Well, and a credit to Valerie, she reached out and said, hey, I want it. I want to do better with the team, and can we sit down and talk and like and just like and we're getting into it. So like not not the women's team, just in general. Mm -hmm. And so that was a cool thing. And and w I think that we when you find somebody is as uh, engaging as she is and positive, you want to continue to invest. And so it's been a great opportunity for us. Yeah, no, that that's fantastic. And. You know, two points here. One is like the passion that you see in the community that's around esports is unparalleled. You know, so there's people who know more about some esports titles than I did working for an esports organization. It's <laughs> like, so, yeah. okay, I'll, all right, learn something new today. You know, so I love your point, uh, both your points about not relying on, oh, you have to be pro mm -hmm. in order to get to this next 
space, you mm -hmm. know, because there's just, there's such a wealth of experiences, knowledge, mm -hmm. but the, the passion factor, you know, is so important. And kudos for going through 200 applications, you know, to find <laughs> well, the Rose. right person. There's another powerful woman in our company named Rose, and she has taken the brunt of making sure that we pick good people. Mm -hmm. So uh, she does a good job there. No, that's excellent. And it's going to take effort like that right, mm -hmm. to, to step outside of the normal pool of who you might talk to or places that you might go looking mm -hmm. for people, for talent, um, to, to broaden and diversify the industry. So that's that's awesome. Speaking of diversification and access, like the Women's Rocket League team is not the only thing that uh, the Knights have been doing, you know, to make it easier for people to get into esports, you know, mm -hmm. that may be like, oh, well, I don't know. Um, so we have the, the Sakura cup, mm -hmm. uh, we have like discord server to support it on the back end. Mm -hmm. I'd love to just uh, quickly run down some of the other programming that's in place. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. So we, we are really excited that we have this women's rocket league team, but we know that that's not the only thing to do to help women get more, um, you know, um, build their careers in esports. Mm -hmm. right? It can't just be about hiring pro teams or, right. or, you know, drafting women to our teams. It needs to be more than that. And we at the Knights have tried to take the approach of how can we provide women the opportunities and access and tools to actually improve their competitive prowess, right, to get mm -hmm. better. And that's something that we've done with our women's tournaments. Like you said, the Sakura Cup mm -hmm. has been a very popular women's tournament that we are continuing in 2022. Um, we're also looking at other women's tournaments and other games. Um, and we have our Discord servers, like mm -hmm. you said. And so we have a women's Valorant Discord server. Um, and that's specifically a place where we're hoping that these women can, and they have the opportunity to you know, meet like-minded people, mm -hmm. potentially put a team together, find people who are interested in playing at the same level that they are, that they want to, and also have sort of a safe space where they are feeling like really comfortable around the other people in the server. The last thing I was going to say too, is that the other thing that we have in place is sort of what we alluded to, our hiring practices. Mm -hmm. That's a really big deal at the Knights is, are we, are we interviewing women? Are we seeking out people that, you know, are not already here? One of the things that I learned in the last season of the podcast, I had the chance to speak with um, Anu Jane, who is the director of the Gender Equity Commission for the city of Pittsburgh. And one of the things she said that's always stuck with me is look around the room and ask yourself who's not there mm. and then get those people there. Mm. And I was like, that's so simple and easy. And like, that's mm. such a great way to sort of attack something that seems so like large, right. you know what I mean? Like, how do we get more diversity? Like, what do we have to do? And so, we as a company, I think, have really taken that practice seriously. We have um, almost 40% of our staff is made up of women. Um, over 40% of our staff is made up of minorities. Um, we're really interested in trying to build a diverse group on the back end, and we're trying to get that, and now we're trying to work to get that on the front end with our teams as well. Mm -hmm. It's something that's always at the front of mind, and we're always asking ourselves and pushing. Can we do better? Can we look for more people? And we are trying to go farther than what's right in front of us. Who's somebody who already came up in the system because they already know it. Like right. we're, we're looking. <laughs> I think one thing too, and this has been said in other episodes, but you know, organizations are really built as an iceberg. There's a lot of things that are happening behind <laughs> the scenes. Um, 
from graphic designers to copywriters mm -hmm. to PR professionals, marketing, sales, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, a lot of people get stuck in this, in, in at least people that I talk to, brands, organizations, whatever it may be, get stuck in the mindset of, well, you know, esports is just competitive players, and you know that's that's the area that's that's underdeveloped. But it's underdeveloped across the board, and um, you know, so we're we're looking at how can we execute dedicated internship programs to provide that quote unquote path to pro on on the business side of things, mm -hmm. less so on the competitive side. Um, but there's there's just a wealth of opportunity that happens behind the scenes from full time staff that we have to independent contractors and everything else. Mm -hmm. So it's you know if if you know, someone out there is is super passionate about becoming a pro athlete within gaming. He or she, um, or they don't don't have um, you know potentially at, at some point um, don't graduate to that level that they're hoping to get to. Mm -hmm. There's so much access and opportunity on the back end, so many hiring uh, websites and events and everything else. So um, I think that that's a key call out is you know look look for other resources, identify kind of the skill sets that you have as an individual, and then mm -hmm. see where you can bring that to the table. Very similar to what Valerie did on our team. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Um, so I wanted to highlight what you said about the plan. The goal is you don't need to know anyone. You just come in and start pugging in the Discord with Women's Discord. Mm -hmm. And then you have you might form friends, build relationships, maybe compete in a tournament, make some make and make a team. And we see it as a there's like a couple steps that you need to do to grow more women teams mm -hmm. or or uh, uh, teams with men and women. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that a woman at Twitch that runs a women's initiative said was that it was really helpful to me, was she said that, she basically said you need a cohort of women to create their army. And then after that, then when they run into places where they're confronted with toxicity, then they kind of have support. Right. So the second piece on that is she said that it's about professionalism and sportsmanship. And so what ultimately the end goal is, is that there shouldn't be a separation. There just needs to be more sportsmanship. Mm -hmm. So then what it needs is men ambassadors who are really holding men accountable with sportsmanship. And and basically, and I think that's where the Knights want to be, is finding out creative ways where we're promoting sportsmanship. Hmm. So that's the end goal, is to help create a cohort of women so that they can, and they're doing it in their own ways, but I think that's one of the goals of what we're trying to accomplish and then allow them to make friends, teams, support them in a little bit of a broader ecosystem mm -hmm. way. And then I think what I'm gonna be asking our team to do is how are we thinking about telling the stories of, of sportsmanship, women and men who are leading the charge in making, holding people accountable to just focus on the game and the competition and the spirit of it. Right. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Building bridges in the city of bridges. <laughs> right. Totally on brand. It's the new timeline that we need to bring in. I didn't even think about that, that but that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> someone write that down before we get it. Um, before we jumped off this question, which is a great one, um, Valerie, I just wanted to check in with you to see if there's anything you wanted to add. 
So the Soccer Cup Series, for those that don't know, is our monthly tournament series for women and female identifying individuals in the Valorant community. And along with the Soccer Cup Series, we've also announced 200 plus other events, uh, which includes our Rocket League Valkyrie Series, which is also a tournament series for women and female identifying individuals. Uh, but aside from those two specific tournament series, all of our events are co-ed events. Uh, so there's many, many opportunities there. And that's like, honestly, one of my favorite initiatives that we announced this year was all our events. Uh, but aside from our event initiatives, we also have the Women in Esports landing page on our website, which is where you can also find the link and information for this podcast uh, with PNC Bank. Um, but like Matt said earlier, we have a lot of cool stuff uh, to announce coming out this year. So keep on the lookout for more of our initiatives. So uh, loving everything that I've been hearing, seeing so far, always a place of learning this, this podcast. Um, I do want to pause for just a second because with the conversations that are currently happening around diversity, equity, and inclusion in the gaming and esports space, there's a lot of movement towards it. But I think it's important to focus on the why because that varies so much from organization to organization. So why is it important to the Knights? Of course, I love it. Didn't even finish the question. It's like, oh, me, me, me. (laughs) So so one of our goals is to figure out who the best players are in the city of Pittsburgh, who's who's building a city of champions. And so I'm a competitor, I wanna compete, and I want everyone to have a fair shot. So when we were thinking about it, that's what, you know, we're in Youth Places, which is a community center downtown, and we're thinking, well, where are we gonna start that program? And we've had a lot of people ask us, at least in our region, can we do X, can we, Get it? Can we help their school? We, just a lot of things. And one, we, we didn't have the bandwidth yet. We had a lot of things we needed to get accomplished first to, to be able to be supportive. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was, well, if we're going to start, uh, how are we not going to leave the people behind, mm-hmm. whoever it is? Mm-hmm. And so then we thought, well, if we just did a competition across the board, who's going to enter into it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, right now we need to like their access to computers and internet is important. So that's where we were identifying youth that didn't have that access. Mm-hmm. And then we're working with the Heinz Endowments and other partners um, to support us and, and, and what we're investing in and to match and meet the effort. And there's other partners, which we'll hear about soon, but um, having their support and being able to come and do that, what it means to me is that it's a fair competition, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. and I I want I want uh, and my thought is that some of the kids that don't have that access mm-hmm. have a lot of grit and uh, competition and and, and uh, the the desire to compete, and if we give them that, I think you know I, I just want a fair playing field. So that's that's what it means to me. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think it's important for our organization because it's important to the people who are in the organization. I mean, ultimately, the Knights are us. It's the people who are working behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. That's the Knights. And it's something that I'm personally very passionate about. Um, I've always cared deeply about women's sports and seeing more representation in professional sports. Um, You know, we see always cheering. We're from Pittsburgh, right? Mm -hmm. We've grown up cheering for the the Steelers and the Pirates and you know 
and it's where are the women, right? And I've always seen esports as an opportunity for uh, leveling the playing field. Right. When I learned about esports, that was the first thing that came to my mind was, oh my God, this is, there's no physical differences mm -hmm. in your ability to be able to play. You can't say, well, what about the locker room? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it's a, it's an amazing opportunity to level the playing field so that men and women could compete against each other, with each other. Um, and so for me, that's where I'm coming from, wanting to help get more women into esports and see more of them at the pro level. And I know that other people in the company share that, share that vision and share that desire to see more women in professional sports. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, yeah, it's important to the company because it's important to us. Definitely. I'll just add on one yeah. piece. So um, I, you know, from, from my seat, and I'm not super active on social media, <laughs> but like I've seen what women have faced in the space from like mm -hmm. the toxicity on social. And if I'm seeing it, then I can't even imagine what's actually happening mm -hmm. behind, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just in terms of the response to some of, you know, some, some of, of these um, whether it's athletes or just whoever it may be trying to, to do better, you know, mm -hmm. with, within the gaming industry. So I think, you know, echoing back to what James said, a lot of that I think starts with youth of mm -hmm. how can we build a better infrastructure from the ground up, mm -hmm. um, you know, supplying resources across the board, but it, you know, it's ultimately something that like Angelica said, it's, it's just super passionate for all of us. And, um, I think that we've been seeing behind the, the, you know, the opportunity, how easy it is with anonymous profiles for people to just say oh, yeah. mm -hmm. dumb things on mm -hmm. social. And in a lot of cases, you don't, you don't realize that, Hey, there's a person on the other end that's like reading that and receiving it. And, right. and that's going to impact them in some way. So even if we can change that one small aspect from not happening again, from like that, that individual or that user from not seeing those negative comments or whatever it may be, or creating a safe space, all of this does not happen in a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so as much as the Knights have been driving a progress forward, you know, creating these initiatives, you know, listening to the community, there have been some pretty amazing partners, you know, that have jumped in to take charge alongside of you. I'd love to spend some time just talking about who those partners are and how they've contributed to the growth of the Knights. Yeah, so I, I think... Um... You know, obviously the, the immediate call out is PNC just <laughs> from everything that they've supported. They were kind of the first group that we went to and prior to even us, you know, activating with anything or doing anything publicly, there was a lot of internal planning sessions of just like, what is our role within the space and how do we create an instance where, um, again, we're listening to the conversations that's happening, but then we're finding ways to implement you know, at least a first step solution. And we don't have all of the answers to, to the to the puzzle pieces or the questions, mm -hmm. but um, the resources that they've been able to provide both, both from a financial perspective, but also just, you know, they have had a wealth of experience internally on their side with mm -hmm. the tens of thousands of employees that they have. Mm -hmm. They faced every single problem that imaginable, you know, with, within breaking down gender divides and, mm -hmm. and equity divides within their organization. And mm -hmm. You know, they're allocating a ton of resources internally um, with Project 257 and, mm -hmm. and all of those other pieces that that have just been amazing to see. So it's been a, it's been great for us to just be able to rub shoulders with them and mm -hmm. take any of the best practices that, that we possibly can. Um, you know, obviously, we have a bunch of other groups behind the scenes that have supported some of our women's tournaments previously, mm -hmm. you know, our active um, champion and, and official partners. Uh, when we go into conversations with them, we always 
say, hey, you know, what can we do from a product or resource or, or funding perspective to support more of these initiatives? And I don't think there's ever been an instance where, where our partners have said, no, we don't want to do that, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. it's something that's top of mind for our group. Um, we also, you know, through the Rocket League team, the women's team expansions, there's going to be some new partners that we're bringing on that'll be directly supporting those groups and allowing them to go to some potential land events and other activations and some other cool things that we haven't even announced yet. So <laughs> there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. And then, um, you know, I also think it, it's just the the partners that we have here, like yourself and investors and everyone else. I, I think everyone is just, you know, this is a very easy um, uh, topic for groups to get behind. Mm -hmm. And if we at the Knights can kind of be a centralized body. We don't want to, you know, represent again that we have all of the answers to the questions, but rather if we can create the platform for the questions to be asked and mm -hmm. then answered by the community or vice versa, mm -hmm. then that allows us to then go back to our partners and say, hey, here's the next leg that we want to do, right? right. We want to expand to more women's teams. We want to expand to more tournaments. We want to provide um, financial resources to, to individuals around, you know, how they can better break into the space or maybe you have a full-time job, you're, you're competing, you know, pretty competitively within Rocket League and you want to make that switch to a full-time career or to tr transitioning over to esports or whatever your passion is, um, you know, understanding how, how our partners can also provide resources to that has, has been really important. So the list is massive. PNC <laughs> is the key call it obviously with them, mm -hmm. with them really kickstarting everything here for, for us and our group. But, um, you know, there's so many other partners behind the scenes that'll be, continue to be announced and we have new groups that, that we have lined up for for some of these other events and um you know everyone's just been super supported with with everything that we've had to date that's amazing also not just partners but just other people in the space yes. who are supporting women in sports it's obviously not just us and i would say that we've had the opportunity to work with a lot of groups and just admire a lot of groups that are that are trying to you know um break down this divide and i would say you know gallerance has been a big group that they're amazing are doing a lot of good work uh the women's carball championship mm -hmm. uh game changers with riot um and just all of the women who are grinding and playing professionally mm -hmm. and the women who are grinding just to play and try to be better um those are all of the people that are making a difference yeah uh, when they they asked me when we started the program what we should do i said uh, I don't know. <laughs> and, and I said, and I said, we need to listen first mm -hmm. and then, and, and get instruction. And the other thing was, I said that what I've seen is a, a lot of women haven't had access and opportunity to create their own teams, mm -hmm. not to the level that, you know, it, you know, the, the issue really is that if you make an all women's league then and and if they're learning to become the best competitors you're really segregating them from the ta from the overall talent that mm -hmm. is playing for them to get better mm -hmm. so that's a confusing mm -hmm. conundrum that you have to solve and then so then i just thought like how are we coaching and helping them to have the same resources and access that other people have right so it's a complex thing and it, there's so many ways you can spin it and there's so many great people doing work. So I think that coming out of this, we want, and I'm excited that our team is taking the next step that we, we already are, but like, I, it just, how are we making a consistent uh, imprint um, and effort into what we're doing? So 
um, I'm excited for the next steps. Yeah, I wanted to spend just a second drilling down on two points that came up over the, that last conversation. Um, Matt, you mentioned about like developing a platform where questions can be asked and you're actually they're actively listening, you mm -hmm. know, to get that feedback. You know, and then James, you admitted that like I don't know, like <laughs> we need to go, we need to go ask some folks and we need to listen. And I think that's so important. That's a rare trait, you know, especially in in an, an industry that's you know kind of bravado. We have our swag, you right. know, as gamers. Um, because you know you might look like an amateur. You might people oh they don't know what they're doing over there. Um, and then in the same vein, some of the answers you, you might receive, it could be like, oh, wow, I don't even know what to do with that. Right. That's a lot. You know, so I just, I think it's wonderful that going off into that uncertain gray area and come what may, you know, mm -hmm. but we just need to know, right. you know, and the way that sustainable and impactful programming has arisen mm -hmm. from that. Um, just, just kudos to to the knights for that. I do want to ask, um, with your, what are some lessons, you know, some wins that have have emerged from, you know, asking tough questions, hearing tough answers, you know, being willing to admit, like we don't know, but we want to, you know. So, what some anything that stands out over the past year, couple of years? Before you answer that, okay. I, I'll just elaborate a little bit on. And I don't know insecurity comes from a significant amount of people who have spent a lot of time trying to figure out the issue. And there's also just a, a I'll call it a nervous responsibility to not try to reinvent the wheel right. mm -hmm. or have um, a sense of entitlement or ego to think, well, we're going to do it better than other people. Mm -hmm. I think the goal first what I was trying to get everyone to appreciate was, you know, I've, I've done programs where I've just tried to make it, it's easy to make these pre programs about yourself or your organization, but I've learned it's not. It's about, there's a lot of soldiers out there that are trying to do it, and it's sometimes they're fighting, there's infighting amongst groups because there's not enough support in mm -hmm. different places, and it's really about trying to, connect those groups and support the ones that are, are farther ahead than you if you're just starting. Mm -hmm. So that's what the goal was. It was like, that's the first step I said was, if you're gonna build and support a community, you need to connect with the community leaders. Right. And then listen to them and then see how you can maybe connect them together in a more, and support them and then if you have, and when you start out on your own journey to contribute in your own individual way, how are you doing something that's not duplicative, or at least it's it's connected to the overall space? Right. So that's what I don't know means. <laughs> <laughs> Even thinking back to to the event side of things too, I remember there was some internal conversations on like, well, you know, we want to. We want to break down the, the gender divide, mm -hmm. but we also want to do women exclusive tournaments. And it's like those two things seem to be counterintuitive at the start, but then when you listen to what um, you know the individuals that we talk to out in the space, they want that safe, inclusive environment, mm -hmm. right? And and that is more important to them than to 
have a co-ed team competing in the same tournament mm -hmm. on day one. So mm -hmm. that was interesting for us to look at where it's like a prioritization of where do we allocate our assets to first. The end goal is to break down the barrier and have, mm -hmm. you know, men, women, or whoever competing on the same team. Right. Um, but in order to do that, we need to, you know, make these, these women competitors comfortable. And so there's there's been these you know multiple microcosms of like holy crap like we didn't think of that mm -hmm. from our from our seat here today um, and I think that just ties back into the listening and then learning from that and then trying to develop out that roadmap and going to our partners and saying here's what we think is the next step mm -hmm. we're not positive that it's the next step but we yeah. think that it, this this is where we should take yeah. it mm. I was gonna say I think that one of the biggest wins for us over the past you know couple of years has just been getting comfortable trying. Right. Mm, I love that. Getting comfortable trying because it's it's it is daunting and it is a little bit like other people are doing this. Other people are doing such great work, but then, you know, it, well, okay, if there are, you know, thousands of animal shelters in the world, does that mean that we shouldn't open an animal right, shelter yeah. in our neighborhood? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, yeah, maybe maybe we do have something to offer. Maybe we do have a voice. We can offer another opportunity, offer more. And that's what we've really tried to dig in on is offering more opportunities, offering more access, offering more tools and resources to women who are interested in playing competitively. Mm -hmm. That's where we saw that we could make an impact. Um, but it has been just getting, it, it's been a big win to just know that it's, it is important and it is okay to contribute our voice to this space and to try. Yeah. And I, I would encourage everybody to do that. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't, not everything needs to be perfect. I think that's been a, a big win for us to just realize <laughs> that it doesn't have to be perfect and that, you know. It, you, you can sense her nervousness on not wanting to do a bad job. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's true. But, so maybe it's for me that it's been a big win. <laughs> we have made mistakes too. Yeah. You know, so, and it's like, it, it it, it's it's okay to go through that process and I think you know when when we with with you know any mistakes that we have made um, within this or any mistakes that any group has made because it's difficult to everyone you know there's a range of emotions and people mm -hmm. are very passionate about this topic so it's just about okay we understand that this this part was wrong or we understand mm -hmm. that th we could have done this part better and okay. we'll fix it next time mm -hmm. you know and and just keeping the consistency across the board there I think is important but um, listening again going back to that mm -hmm. that same callback yeah. yeah i'm just excited to get to 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 launch our like the next step and 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 tie it all in together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no fantastic you know and thank you for opening up and sharing um i know that it's certainly going to help people that are listening to this um i i do love don't be afraid to try. I need to get that as a tattoo somewhere because <laughs> I am like, oh no! That's right. just so that's that's amazing. Not just to hear from individual, you know, growth and progress, but from an organization standpoint as well. Adopting that, I love it. Um, so we're not recording virtually, uh, with the exception of Valerie, of course. Um, we're in a pretty cool place in downtown Pittsburgh. We are in the Youth Places Nights Esports Gaming Hub, and I would love to hear more about what's happening here. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take that. Um, so uh, I have a friend named Josiah. I'll tell you a story. I have a friend named Josiah. We were working in some community initiatives, and he works at the mayor's office. And he did Obama's uh, MBK program, uh, My Brother's Keeper, and that is to help young black men and boys 
connect to educational resources and for their empowerment. Uniting them together to get organized and, and really drive focus in like the next stages of their lives through their transitions. So um, he asked me, he said he talked to all the kids in the community and he was trying to figure out what they wanted to do and how, you know, tell them about all the programs that they had access and opportunity to and the community centers and outreach and really connecting them and letting them know resources are there when they wanted them. And he said when he talked to them, he said that every time they talked about gaming, their <laughs> eyes lit up. <laughs> so then he said, James, you have the nights, you're my friend, and let help me. And I said, mm -hmm. okay. So I took 80, I read about 80 pages of his MBK program, and I just took it and condensed it into a one page and said, is this what we should do? Mm -hmm. And it, what it really said was, that he were looking for partners for heartbeat activities mm. of engagement um, to celebrate the, um, to highlight, uh, aspir you know, when, when they do something aspirational, to highlight it, to get to know the individuals, and then also to engage them and connect them to opportunities and make them aware of them. Mm. So I thought, okay, cool, uh, now what do I what do I do? Well, that's just activities. That's just esports events. Like so, let's so how do we do that? And then he connected me, and I really leaned on him to tell me like, well, who do I speak to? Because he had four years of being in the mayor's office, connecting to every diversity group, <laughs> and he's in the office of diversity, which they have other offices. So he's highly educated. So I leaned on his experience, and he introduced me. Uh, to Cynthia, who is the CEO of Youth Places, mm -hmm. and hearing her goals and how they use traditional sports to engage youth for programming and access and pathways to education, I thought, okay, that that makes sense. And then, but with COVID and issues and stuff, like how are they staying connected? And how I, I thought, how do we help? So. And I thought they she told me about their new downtown place at the convention center. And then I came and saw it and I was like, this is like a land center. This is perfect. And this is like what we grew up playing games. So I said, well, they just need some computers and some internet and some stuff and like to really kick this up a notch and, and how, how we could participate. So we went and we, we contributed chairs and hardware and time and resources and planning and it took nine months um, mm. just to get the thing conceptualized and off the ground. And Josiah was writing a lot of it, and then we contacted the Heinz Endowments, and Josiah, I, he and I, and Julie helped write a grant, um, and we, he, we wrote a grant, and they funded a planning grant That's to awesome. help buy computers for $50,000 to come and do that, and then our partners our sponsorship partners uh, were really excited to contribute, and, and HyperX uh, gave some gear. Um, mm -hmm. And forgive me if I'm forgetting anyone. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, so we're, we're kicking it off, and the goal is to get them Xboxes to compete with Madden first, and then, then we're trying to get them engaged with uh, Rocket League and other games. And so they have six centers. So then you're thinking, oh, Allegheny County, mm -hmm. not just downtown Pittsburgh, um, when kids are getting off from the Pittsburgh Public Schools and they, they have transition between the next bus that they're trying to get on or wherever, whatever, whoever's downtown that wants to, you know, to come in 
they they can come and have a safe space where they get to make friends and then and then that's when we would connect them on Discord so that they can create a community experience outside of being within use places mm -hmm. so that they can support each other. Like, yo, did you see this thing? Or, <laughs> hey, I need help with this. Oh, you got to check out this. And so that's where we want to think about creating a resource board for them in a community way that we're kind of aggregating some of the great things that youth places and other community groups do so we can act as that resource to just promote great things that are happening. Right. It's about those people that are doing amazing things and we just want to highlight and support and connect them so it's really easy and use the fandom and connectivity of, and competition of gaming to drive people together mm -hmm. and then make them aware of mm -hmm. it. So we see it as a socially responsible way to engage you know, uh, to use gaming for good, yeah. and 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 so we're excited about that. And the, the, and last note, there's five other centers that we're going to need support for, and we're going to be trying to help. And then across Allegheny County, which we can engage those, and that's the first place that the Knights, you know, you know, you know, gaming at least in Pittsburgh, you know, it's people are waiting for how we're going to contribute, and and people, and we're we're doing it now. And the community, you know, is going to turn out, and then it's just going to be the start, because then it's going to go to schools, and then our goal is to make that level playing field. Mm -hmm. Well, if if these kids have an opportunity to get trained from our coaches and get access and opportunity to that, and they get good, well, then they have good PCs, so there's no barrier, good internet, right. and they're ready to go, and they're educated in in, in the ways that the game works to compete. Mm -hmm and then they're out there competing uh, with a flat playing field. Mm -hmm. And so then when we start doing competitions and connecting to other schools, everything is fair. And then we have a good competition. Mm -hmm. So that's what it means. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I think it ties back into that youth conversation that we had earlier where it, you know, this is really just the start. And if we can, you know, create an opportunity where fans or, or you know, the, these kids that are fans of gaming or fans of the Knights or whatever it may be here in Pittsburgh have a safe space to come in, hone in on those skills or just, you know, build up that community aspect or whatever it may be, both both boys and girls or whoever it may be, um, that's going to then lead into a better environment further down the road, more um, uh, uh, access and opportunity for other initiatives virtually, like, like James said, through Discord, and hopefully um, create an instance where, uh, you know, there's... there's um, less of that divide early on between boys and girls, which mm -hmm. then transitions to some of the things that we're seeing now on the higher end of things with, right. with gaming on the competitive side of things. Mm -hmm. So this is one of multiple centers that we're planning on building out. There's work that's being done on the back end with tapping into local area high schools and doing mentorship programs mm -hmm. through there and mm -hmm. school assemblies, all of those different things as well. Um, so we, we think that all of these pieces tie together with that diversity uh, diversity and inclusion side of things, both on the women in gaming end and obviously on the youth side of things, which we feel super passionate about. So yeah. our official launch event is tomorrow. Ooh. By the time that this comes out, that already <laughs> have happened. But, um, you know, super excited to get this one going, working with all of our partners and then rolling out the other ones as well. Yeah. I have to say, like, I am incredibly jealous of some of the opportunities that are coming out now. I'm like, Same. where was this <laughs> when I was coming through school? Right. <laughs> exactly. But Same. no, that's that's <laughs> exciting and so needed. I, I absolutely love it. Um, well, gosh, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you all so much for your insight and your time today. 
Um, I do have a closing question. I always do. Um, so, in 2022, what do you hope to see happen in esports, either for the Knights or at the for the industry at large? And Valerie, since you kicked us off um, with the introductions, we're going to start with you. Thank you, Kat. Um, this question is honestly really easy for me to answer because from day one, my goal has always been the same. Um, from the first event I've ever hosted when I was like 17, uh, my mission has always been to foster the community, uh, whether that's fostering the community through creating inclusive and accessible events or empowering individuals in a competitive environment. So, of course, uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to for this year at Nights is uh, having more women's teams. Uh, we'll, be, we'll definitely be looking into uh, different titles and looking to pick up another women's team for this year. Uh, but aside from Nights, um, for esports in general, I would love to see more structured opportunities. And structured opportunities means maybe like esports courses in colleges and universities. I actually live in Canada and um, uh, esports courses is not a common thing in the colleges here. So I'd love to see more of that or even opportunities uh, with companies like internships or even what we do here at nights for our events, we pick up a lot of kind of uh, kind of diamond in the rough casters and talent, and we give them an environment to grow and and you know hone their skills in. Uh, I want to see more of that from all sorts of different orgs. So as a whole, my bottom line is I just want to see more opportunities for everybody in the community, whether that be for women whether that be for like casters and talents, for players, everything. Uh, how about you? I'm just excited to, you, you know, it, I'll start from the Knights perspective. We've been just working on a ton of things behind the scenes um, over the course of the last couple months, over the course of the last six months, 12 months, that finally within 2022 we'll be able to start to release. Um, we, we just came out with our new uh, 2022 events calendar of which we have 200 scheduled events over the course of the entire year. Um, a lot of those being women's focused tournaments as well. You know, all of the other ones being co-ed. Um, so that's really exciting. We have some exciting partner announcements that'll be coming up too that'll kind of seed into the youth initiatives that we're doing in the women in gaming side of things as well. But specific to the esports industry, um, I'm excited, number one, hopefully to see some sort of physical event presence come back. Mm, um, yes. We hope that that's <laughs> something that we can get going sooner rather than later. Um, and, you know, just seeing the continuation of, I think that we're in, a, in an explosion of content development at the moment. Mm. And just the options that are available to consumers to tune into their favorite content creator or there's just so much access and opportunity through platforms like YouTube and Twitch. Yeah. I'm excited to see what we produce, and then I'm also excited as a consumer to tune into to some of the more aspects that, that are being produced as well. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I don't have a good answer. You don't? I gotta think for a second. Okay, sec. take your time. Um, <laughs> so your question was, what am I excited for 2022? Mm -hmm. The first thing I can say is standing up a company um, that is focused on so much at once is hard. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work without the pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm excited to get over the hump with that. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, uh, I think just internally the company, 
you know, it's really getting our content plan going and really, and, and you have been a big help to that. <laughs> um, so thank you. You've done a great job. Um, and, uh, and obviously the events and capturing the fandom and engaging our, our fans in that way um, and telling them who the Knights are, mm -hmm. what we stand for, what our North Star is, what our brand values are, and really animating the logo and telling the story of what it means. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for people to actually figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, and once they see it, I think they'll think it's cool. And, and we've got to win mm -hmm. for people to appreciate that. Um, and uh, really uh, place being a part of placemaking in not just eSports, but being it, like really celebrating the fandom of the games that we like mm -hmm. and creating access and opportunity to engage with them in a new way. Um, specifically with some of the development we're doing in Discord. Yeah. So not just around the events, but the shoulder events and, the f and, and that is something I'm excited for. And like Matt said, you know, live events yeah. would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. I would say that for 2022, I'm looking forward to live events, yes. both mm. ones that we may be producing and just live events in general. Um, those are great. One of my best experiences in esports ever was going to uh, MLG LAN mm -hmm. in 2016 for Counter-Strike, and it was incredible. So I'm hoping that we can get more things like that, and you know, hopefully see more things like that locally even. Um, but for the night, I'm, I, listening to what you said, I'm really excited to share our story. Um, the story of the Knights, the story of the people behind the Knights. There's a lot of plans in the works to, to to help people understand sort of where we're coming from. And mm -hmm. like like I said, just share our stories because um, I think that they're going to be really relatable and inspirational. So that's what's in the it pipeline took a while for 2022. To, yeah, it took yeah. a while to figure that out. And 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 we were pretty quiet on what it is. And mm -hmm. I think I think we're starting to get comfortable with it. So mm -hmm. I, hope pe I think people will like it. Get It'll that. be the biggest year yet. Oh, that's Asterix. exciting. Hold, hold me to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let that lion roar. I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you all so much for joining me today. Thank you, everybody who has been uh, tuning in over the season from home. I am so excited for what's ahead, and I know all the programming in place and that's yet to come will have such a positive impact on esports and where it's headed and where, frankly, it needs to go. So. Y'all stay tuned for the premiere of season three. I am excited. I'm hyped. <laughs> Be sure to catch up on episodes one through seven if you missed any of them. They're all on YouTube. Therefore, your viewing pleasure. Um, in the meantime, from downtown Pittsburgh, be kind, be well, stay safe out there. See you in season three.